welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast, sponsored by SportsCardForum.com, the ultimate in sports card trading and discussion, and sponsored by TheTroveSportsDen.com. Come and hang out and chat with baseball pros. And sponsored by Diamond Service Grading, fast, accurate, transparent card grading for today's collectors. Hello, everybody, and welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast, where we talk TTM, cards, autographs, collecting, and a whole lot more. My name is Jeff Baker. I am your host of the program, and it is season four, episode three, Sunday, January 23rd. And you're listening to the nationally ranked sports podcast hosted by myself and co-hosted by Mr. TTM himself, Drew Pelto. Drew, welcome back to the program. Hey, good to be on here once again. Drew, I don't know if I have to welcome you back every time because you know, you're you you're a fixture. You you add so much to the show. I, we gotta, I have to have a better intro for you. What do you think? Yeah, I've gone from, you know, guest co-host or whatever it was to like, well, I called Jay Leno the permanent guest host of The Tonight Show thereafter. He took over Johnny Carson. So I'm like permanent guest co-host or something like that. Yeah, at I this think point, we'll but... call you the permanent guest co-host because yeah, your trial time is, you're, you're, what, are the, what do they call it when you're you're on? Uh, you're My probationary on, uh, period there. Yeah, your probationary period is way over. So <laughs> we love having Drew on the show. We love talking uh TTM and collecting and trading and cards with Drew. Drew's a very passionate collector. He has a YouTube channel. He runs a, a new video every month. Drew, why don't you give people your uh, YouTube address? Yeah, if you just, uh, yeah, if you just look up uh, Drew's autographs on YouTube or if you go to youtube.com slash Drew Pelto, I've scaled back to doing one update a month right now on any TTMs and uh, maybe a little bit more, more often when I start doing in-person stuff again. And of course, if you just go to dfwgraffer.com, that's my site. It has links to everything that i'm involved in so whether it's uh whether it's youtube twitter instagram our radio show the podcast here you name it it's all right there all in one spot so go ahead and check that out dfwgrapher.com yep don't forget music there's in a band he plays all sorts of music stuff as well and uh we're gonna get drew to start posting food too because he is a connoisseur <laughs> he comes up with the great the great food and our uh, T10 cast staff approval. But also, the one thing you forgot to mention, Drew, is our radio show. Our radio show on the Sports Map Radio Network. It plays every Sunday from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. It is on Sports Map Radio Network across the country. You have to go to sportsmapradio.com uh, to find out where your local stations are. But it plays every Sunday from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. And if you don't have SportsMap Radio Station in your area, don't worry. You can download the SportsMap Radio app, and then you can listen to our show on Sunday morning. I, I, I had set my alarm the other the last week for 6.45, got up, and I, I listened to me on the radio, which was very exciting. Drew, I, I know you're an old hat at that, so it didn't really matter to you. But... It is called the Sports Collectors Club. If you want to learn more or listen to any of our old shows, you can go to sportscollectorsclub.com. We are also on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, I don't know what else, Facebook. We're all over the place on social media. So follow us on social media. It's a fun show. It's a lot of, uh, we have uh, an interview. We have an interview segment like we do have on the podcast. We have some, uh, some different content as well. So check it out. It's called the Sports Collectors Club on the SportsMap Radio Network. Go to sportsmapradio.com and you can go on your app store to download the app. No charge to that. It's called SportsMap Radio. Download the app to your phone your iPhone or your Android phone. And then you can get up like me Sunday morning and listen to Drew and I 
pontificate about cards and collecting. And it's a, it's a, a fun show. So check it out. It's a weekly uh, syndicated radio show. So that's enough promoting, Joe. I think I, I, I love talking about the show. We, we put so much effort into it. Guys, check it out. Uh, now back to the, the podcast because we love the podcast. The podcast frees us. We're not constrained by time like we are on the radio show. Drew and I can babble and talk and and pontificate and, and all, all sorts of subjects. And this week we have a great interview with Max Spiegel. Max is president of CSG, which is Certified Sports Guarantee. They are out of Sarasota, Florida. They are one of the leading companies, that are grading companies in the country. And we talk about uh, grading and what's going to happen in 2022 with CSG. And we also talk about um, fanatics and tops and what's happening in our hobby. So, uh, that's a great interview. That will be at the end of our show. Uh, next week, January 30th, I have two interviews. We finally did it, Drew. We finally got Antoine Walker. After so many months, Antoine uh, blowing us off. We're missing, missing, missing uh, interview segment uh, schedules. And Antoine was finally kind enough to reach out. And I talked to Antoine the other day. And I have a fun interview with Antoine. Antoine was a very colorful uh, player on and off the court in the NBA. We talk a little about uh, today's NBA. We talk about his career. We talk about collecting and uh, autographs. And it's a fun interview. So that will be next week, January 30th. And we're also going to talk with Greg Rawlings, who is from the uh, Facebook group um, uh, America. What's the group again? What's it called? Oh, geez. <laughs> Test me now. I got to look this up now. For America's pastime. There you go. America's pastime. That's it. Yeah. America's pastime. The love of baseball. It's on Facebook. It's a great group, and we're going to talk to Greg uh, about all sorts of baseball stuff and collecting, and uh, we have a fun interview with him. So we have an action-packed show next week. But this week, guys, we have a great show as well. We have all our regular segments. We have Chris Dozen. We have making the grade. We have stamp of approval. I think cast approval. We have the Vern Rap Minute. We have our returns. Wah, wah, wah. We're not doing too well on the returns, Drew. No. So if you want to uh, text us, let us know how we're doing or email us. You can text us at our text line, which is 978-729-0662. Or you can email us at ttmcast at yahoo.com. That's the way to hold us, hold us, guys. So make sure you text us. Or email us, uh, you know, if you're interested in being a guest on the show, if you have any comments or questions for Drew or myself, if you uh, just just want to talk cards, just let us know. Uh, yahoo.com. We're going to go right, start our show, uh, go writing into Baker's Dozen. Drew, this has been caught, become the most uh, content act segment of our show lately uh there's so much going on baker's dozen is a new summary of what's been going on in the hobby and it just seems like there's all sorts of stuff going on this week uh and this weekend you know, this past weekend we had the dallas show you you attended it on sunday and kind of the underbelly of the hobby uh, showed its face right we had uh, had an arrest at the dallas show yeah, and what's crazy is I didn't even know about it at all because it happened on Saturday night, I believe, at their trade night that they had after after the regular show itself. They had this kind of like trade night going on on the side, and uh, I knew that it was going on and stuff, but didn't bother going out to it because, I mean, it's an hour for me to get out there. So it's like, all right, I've already had band practice on Saturday. I figure I'll just go out to the show Sunday and do everything that way. So went out Sunday, and it seemed a little different because there was a bigger police presence out there. I saw a couple of cops walking around and stuff. I was like, all right, whatever. You know, I mean, this is going to be a bigger show. You got to have some 
extra security and all that, I guess. But then I found out, you know, a couple of days later about the two arrests that happened at the trade night there. And you can find video of the arrests and of the police questioning the guys that were involved in it about some, uh, apparently they're passing some fake cards, not even just fake cards, but even putting them into fake PSA slabs along with it. But um, yeah, it's apparently this thing has been going on across a couple of states. They finally caught these guys here in Dallas and oh God, the video of it is great. I mean, one of the guys tries to make a run for it and gets tackled and he's trying to hide his face the whole time. And finally they pull his hood off of him there. And it's like uh, the, uh, the Scooby-Doo moments and everything. <laughs> I could have got away if it was for you meddling kids or whatever, but yeah, that was, uh, that was interesting to hear about that. But um, yeah, easy to find all the video of it and further detail on what happened. I know uh, Ryan from breakout cards is a guy that uh, we mentioned on the radio show there as being a big one following the stuff. He interviewed the, the uh, guys who are, uh, victimizing this whole scam and everything he's got the video of the arrests and everything all there but yeah it's crazy it's just it's just a reminder to everybody that unfortunately when a hobby becomes profitable there are going to be scumbags and scammers out there and they can be all over unfortunately and you just got to always be vigilant yeah i mean these guys weren't just doing it at the dallas show they uh had popped up at the philly show the vegas show the indies industry summit that was in vegas there was a, a show in tampa the bay area show so they've been around this isn't something that just happened one time at the dallas show and um you know they've been they scammed a lot of people on brady rookie cards lebron james rookie cards and some uh michael jordan rookie cards there was some some uh some stuff about the michael jordan rookie cards you, did you want to, know, want, to want to fill us in on, on that? Yeah, apparently there's been an update there because um, apparently there's, I think it's like Mike Baker grading or authentication or something like no that. No relation, no relation. Yep, no relation there. <laughs> but uh, they had certified a couple of uh, Jordan rookies that the guys were selling at the Dallas show. And there were reports originally that said, no, those were put in fake uh, holders or fake labels on them or something like that. Uh, Mike Baker did come out and say, no, those are legit. I did look at those. They are good. And what's been theorized is that those cards may have been graded originally by PSA, cracked out of the holder so they could get the uh, the label out of that PSA one and use the label to make a fake one to put a fake Jordan into and pass that off. And then just kind of recycle and keep on getting that one, those one, the good ones graded over and over again. And just uh, keep on using that to get their new labels out. So uh, the Jordans that were at the Dallas show that were graded by Mike Baker authentication, those were good. So uh that's that's a good sign, at least that there was some at least something legit found in there. But yeah, the Brady rookie, the LeBron James rookie, those were found to be no good. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's uh, like you said, it's been going on for several shows there. And yeah, it's uh, oh man, I, I don't even know what to say at this point. No, I know. I you know we say buy everywhere, buy everywhere, and, and you and I aren't playing in that that uh, league, right, Drew? We're not going out and spending tens of thousands of dollars on on these cards and flipping them and what you and you and i are collectors quote unquote we're 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 more into the love of the game than the investment but it's very important that that everything is above board you know we as a hobby we don't want to see fake cards fake autographs fake uh, packs i don't know if you saw um I, I was watching a video they opened a, a 1979 grocer tray of uh, hockey cards the the top hockey cards and you know that's the the jordan that's the gretzky rookie year and you know you look at it and the wrapping looks good and you know how would you know and the guy uh, purchased the the tray like for nine hundred dollars years ago 
So this has been happening for a while. And there's just been a lot of reports and rumors that these trays are, are all fake, that, that, that somebody created a bunch of fake trays. Well, they, they opened the, the cards, which is kind of like, oh, my God, they opened 1979 hockey cards. No, no one ever does that, right? So they opened the three packs of cards, and you, oh, they opened the cards, and the, the packs have none of the, none of the packs have uh, stickers. So that, that, that's one wrong thing. They, uh, they opened them. Two of the gum are wrong gums. They look like they're gums from 1987 baseball cards and not the 1979-80 hockey cards. The cards are uh, collated in the wrong order. It's just unbelievable. And you look, you know, you look at someone that's an expert can look at those packs and say, yeah, yeah, that's not uh, a good pack. But you and I, we look at them and it looks good to me. I don't know. You know what I mean? A pack's a pack to me. And I, you know, I certainly could have been faked out of it. It's there's, a, there's just a lot going on, and I think you just have to watch out uh, and be careful, and, and uh, you know, just be careful what what you're you're into. Uh, you know, Ryan, Ryan from Breakout Cards. We, uh, speaking of Ryan, Ryan has a new book out. His name's Ryan Nolan. It's available on Amazon, and it, it, it's uh, called I think it's called Spotting Fakes. It's identifying fake cards and uh, it list out the most 50 most common bogus cards out there and it's brand new it just came out in december it's 188 pages it's only 1813 on amazon which is a pretty good deal i believe ryan self-published it but um check it out it's uh it's called spotting fakes since ryan nolan go uh, just type in ryan nolan on, on amazon under books and it's the first thing that pops up pops up and I believe it, it, it's getting great traction. So we're going to try to get Ryan on the, on the show, Ryan. If you want to watch the video, the arrest and, and the video uh, and get a real to, uh, a class on what's been going on in this, check out Ryan's videos at Breakout Cards on YouTube. He's also on Twitter and uh, he is on Instagram. So this is not the Brian Nolan show, but we really appreciate all, all Brian's great work on that couple other things uh, uh the baseball hall of fame announcements is coming out on tuesday just want to let people know about that ebay sales for 2021 um and these are graded cards which is, is uh, a sign that people love to buy graded cards right drew it's, 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 there's a lot of money being spent so 1.2 this is two for 2021 1.2 billion that's billion guys Dollars in PSA cards was sold by eBay in 2021. 324 million in uh, Beckett and 67 million in, in SGC. So there is a lot of money being spent on graded cards. Uh, you know, eBay is still the, the leader, I think, in, in selling cards online. There's also some other places to buy cards, but, uh, you know, that's a lot of money being spent on graded cards. Uh, and that doesn't even take into consideration the, all the raw cards that are purchased as well so a lot of money spent but the hobby is definitely still healthy don't you think Drew? it definitely is i mean that's that's what that's 130 to 150 million dollars a month on graded cards and that's only for the big three companies like you said it doesn't get into raw cards it doesn't get into you know unopened stuff it doesn't get into the the smaller grading companies that are out there that's incredible that, that is taken take consideration uh Ticket stubs, which are huge now, yeah. and programs which are gaining, uh, and we, you know, we'll talk about um, photos. You know, there's all sorts of offshoots to 
sports collectibles. Uh, where do we see? I think it was five point four billion dollars as a, as an industry. That was that was the the number that was was released uh, or early I mid mean, last year i think so it it is growing and uh it, it's fun you know that's why you and i do it right but oh yeah um, when you start talking all that kind of money in the hobby and all the kind of money that's out there that's why these people are are, are, are skirting the uh the truth right that's why yeah. the, that's why this happens it's, you know the, you got to take the, the 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 bad with the good sometimes and you know, I if you want if you ask me, ninety nine point nine percent of the people out there are awesome. I you know Drew Drew and I meet so many people at shows uh, through emails or different groups, and uh, they're great to deal with. So you know, don't don't keep it as a black mark on the on the hobby as a whole, but just be be uh, diligent, right? Be yeah. diligent and watch out, watch what you're doing, right? You don't want you don't want to walk around in a in a bad neighborhood with a, a pocket full of uh, hundred dollar bills flowing flowing out flowing out of your your pocket. So it's kind of the same thing, right? Exactly. Yeah. Just I mean, anything you're buying, know what you're buying, know everything you possibly can about it. And if you don't know something, look it up. There's nothing wrong with you know sitting there and you know looking looking at a card going. Huh, is this autograph legit? And getting on Google, looking on PSA's registry, looking through anything you can, just you know, find other examples of a person's autograph and making sure it's good. It's an unautographed thing. Make sure you know you find out. Okay, what's what are the, some of the common telltale signs of fakes? There are a lot of telltale signs out there for like Jordan fakes, for example, for uh, Gretzky rookie fakes. I mean, like you said, you've got the book there by Ryan Nolan. There's a book put out even like 30 years ago when I was a kid that goes through a whole bunch of different ones. It tells what to look for. So it's really great to see, you know, Ryan doing the update basically right there on that and kind of expanding on what's likely going to be covering newer stuff, covering newer technologies, all those sorts of things. So just do your homework, do your research, stay on top of things and just know know what you're getting into as much as you possibly can. I agree. Well, uh, one, one thing, Drew, we talk about on the radio show, we have a thing called the big three. We talked about uh, three people, three cards that we think are uh, going to go up in value because of the result of the uh, NFL playoffs. And this one, uh, you can earmark it definitely because the NFL playoffs, uh, uh, a 2020 Prism Gold, which is 2020, guys. We're talking 2021-year-old card, Prism Gold. It's a Joe Burrow PSA card, uh, PSA 9 card graded. Sold for forty-five thousand uh, dollars, which is incredible because just four months ago, one sold for fifteen thousand six hundred dollars. So, think about that increase, Drew. In four months, it went from fifteen six to forty-five k for basically a brand new card that you could have gone to Target, opened up the pack, and, and it, it could be it could be sit, sitting in your box. Now, I have a buzz, bunch of Prism Joe Joe Barrow cards and select Joe Barrow cards and you know, a cool, cool, different color Joe Burrow cards that I got just because I got select card. You know, I got select boxes because I like the, the cards. So, um, you know, what, check your boxes, guys. You never know what's going to be out there. And uh, one, that's one of the reasons why it, it's fueling the hobby, right? That, that a card can go up in value so much. It is a lottery ticket. Some, some instances, these new cards and some people say, don't crack open the cards or rip the cards open. Other people say, you know, open them and see what you got. And there's kind of two schools to thought on it. And, uh, you know, it, it's, I don't know if you've looked through, but it's literally impossible to find basketball cards and football cards on the shelves at Target or Walmart or buy them on, you know, even online. So this is kind of fueling it. Joe Barrow PSA 2020 
Prism Gold card sold for $45,000. That That's unimaginable. And I mean, unfortunately, as far as I'm concerned, couldn't have to do a better guy. Joe Burrow is just one of those kind of likable players from everything I've seen, everything I've heard. And I mean, that's a guy who's probably, I mean, it's good to see also a guy from a small market like that go up. You really don't see, you know, recognition to the Cincinnati's and the uh, Denver's and the Cleveland's of the world so much as you do, you know, the New York's, the Boston's, the LA's. So for Cincinnati guy, and I'm saying this as a Cleveland fan, we do not like Cincinnati. We do not recognize Cincinnati as being from the same state as us. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, to see that going up, I mean, it's, and he's, it's probably just going to keep on going because, I mean, as long as he keeps seeing success in the NFL, He's also got legions of LSU fans and Ohio State fans there as well. So he attended both of those and played for both of those schools. So, yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's an interesting one to keep an eye on right there. I mean, if the Bengals keep on doing well, that's I mean, the sky's the limit for Joe Burrow. Yeah, I, I like him as a player and I, I think he was great in college. And you got to you got to kind of root for a guy that came back from such a horrific injury at yeah. the end of last year. So. Uh, you know, I, I hope all good for Joe Burrow. Uh, and in the world of collecting, back to collecting, and, and uh, one of the things that, that we've been hearing is that photos are kind of the next thing that's going to go up. And, you know, ticket stubs and photos are kind of the next thing, right? Well, a 1949 eight by 10 black and white photo of Jackie Robinson, it was taken by the Brooklyn Dodgers PR guy in 1949. Uh, it's kind of a cool photo. I think it was used for one of his cards actually it sold for ten thousand dollars joe drew ten thousand dollars for for a photo vintage photos are if you can find vintage photos at flea markets yard sales or antique stores you know baseball photos i'd pick them up what about what do you think that's i mean yeah seeing that that's uh that got that kind of a price there it's something i never really thought of at all because i mean to me it's like a photo is just a photo especially with you know how everything is digital now in photography and even old stuff can be reproduced easily digitally Original photos, that's interesting. I'm, I'm going to have to look more into that for sure. Yeah, because I don't know about you, but, you know, when you, I go to, a, especially in the summertime, not now because it, it's three degrees out here in Boston. Yeah. But I love going to uh, flea markets and I always see photos, you know, stacks of photos that I usually don't go through. And mm-hmm. yeah, I'm kicking myself that, I, you know, because I'm sure there were cool baseball and vintage baseball and sports photos in, the, in, in there, but Check it out, guys. Watch vintage photos, vintage photos and ticket stubs. Ticket stubs is is, is going crazy. If you have a ticket sub, especially to a milestone game or um, even some. I know this this guys that collect ticket stubs just from a certain player. I know somebody was collecting uh, every one of Pete Rose's hits. I saw somebody collecting every one of uh, Jerem Rice's games. Somebody was collecting all of uh, Carl Fisk's games. So. Um, even if you have a regular run-of-the-mill ticket stub, it might be worth something. So it, it, it is, uh, it's kind of cool because uh, I love ticket stubs. Uh, one other collectible-related item, an all-PSA 10 set of the 1980-81 Topps basketball cards were uh, auction, are on at Golden's auction. They're calling it it's a, the Elite Auction. Uh, there's still two weeks left. It is right now at $500,000. That's Five hundred thousand dollars is is amazing. Half a million dollars for a, a nineteen eighty set of basketball cards. Of course, that contains the rookie Larry Bird, uh, Magic Johnson, and um, Dr. J card. But still, uh, I bet that's going to go to almost a million dollars. All PSA set, and we'll report the final uh, price that's realized. So, if you have an extra, I don't know, three quarter of a million dollars just sitting in your bank account, 
uh, you and you want to go big, go to check out uh, Golden's auction. It's their elite auction uh, for all PSA 10 set of uh, 1980-81 cards. A couple of uh, sites that Drew and I have, have uh, made aware of that we really like. Uh, one is called Hobby Exchange. Uh, Zach Robbins is the uh, creator of the uh, site. I think it's at hobby.exchange.com. You can follow them. They're on Instagram and Twitter. And basically what you do, you don't have to register anything. You just go on the site. You put in your card what you're looking for. And it, it, it does a, a search, almost like a Google crawl or Google search across eBay, ALT, COMC, MySlabs, and PWCC. And then it pulls up all the results. So it's kind of cool. It's easy to use. Um, you, got, you, you have to do it one card at a time. There's no email uh, component to it. There's no registered component. But it is, it is an, a neat site, and it does pull up um, a bunch of cards. If you're looking for... Uh, one card to finish a set. If you're looking for a specific autograph card, if you need, you know, you're just looking for to see what cards are going for. Um, it, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good site. So I check it out. It's hobby. It's, it's called hobby exchange. I think it's hobby.exchange.com. Drew, do you have that up? Yeah. Is it definitely hobby.exchange.com? Uh, let me Google that real quick here. I can see uh, what it is. Yeah, it's really. I, I I've uh, I just yeah. found, I just made was made aware of it the other day, and I was playing around with it this morning. Um, there's no it, uh, there's no dot com on it. It's just hobby dot exchange is all it is. Okay, hobby dot exchange. Thank you. So hobby dot exchange. Check it out. Um, and you can just put it in hobby exchange in, in your Google search and find it that way as well. That was the first, that was this all I did there. Yeah. One other site that we really really love. This is a free site. It's called AnyLot. AnyLot.com. And what any lot does is that you, know, you put in your you have to you sign up for it. There's no charge for it. It's free. You you put in your email your mailing email address. You fill out a little short what I don't know six or seven questionnaire, right, Drew? What yeah. cards yeah. you're looking you're interested in? What manufacturers you're interested in? What sports you like? What you collect? Blah blah. blah. And then at the end, there's you have you can put up to five cards in the string. And uh, what they do is once you put those cards in, um, in the string, you, you hit save and they will, they send you an email, an email alert when those cards are up. It, 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 again, it's a little like Hobby Exchange. It's running across different platforms. This is an international company. So they are uh, Israel. And uh, we're going to have the, the, the founder and uh, president of the AnyLot on uh, the show in a couple of weeks and just to talk about the, the site, but it's really cool. Uh, check it out. It, it's free to register. It's kind of cool. I've already gotten like three or four emails through. I know you registered. Have you gotten any emails from them? I haven't yet, but also, I mean, the stuff that I put in there is really testing their limits, I think. So uh, we'll see if I get anything out of it, but I mean, it's worth a try for any, for really anything. It's free. So, you know, you might as well just pl plug it in and see what they find for you. Yeah. I kind of like you, I did like three kind of unique, oddball type cards and then i did like i think i did fred lynn and and uh maybe bobby or just because i'm like oh those are going to definitely get hits you know what i mean just to yep. see what i got back and i i've, I've been getting emails from them, so it's it's kind of cool um you can check it out it's anylot.com check that out another free site um you know the hobby's growing there's a lot of interest and we love when uh, people are out there promoting the site uh, the hobby and uh, connecting people and that's what any lot does so any lot.com check it out uh, in show news there's a bunch of shows coming up uh, we're starting to get 
get uh, show season. Uh, in Cranston, Rhode Island, there is a show on February 5th and 6th. It is the Cranston, Rhode Island uh, Sports Card Show. It's at the Cranston uh, High School. And uh, I've been to it a couple times. It's usually, it's a great show for vintage cards. It's kind of an old school show. It's one of the, I think it's the longest running show in New England. It's, uh, it's a, it has a small old time uh, feeling to it. And it's a fun, it's a fun show to attend. Um, you, you can do it in a couple hours. Uh, the, the guys that are there seem to be, it's almost like they've been in the same show for the last 30 years. You know, these people have been there forever and they got all this great vintage cards. It's not a lot of new stuff, which I really like. Um, check it out. It's called, uh, you can go to card, go to uh, card Cranston on Twitter and you can learn more about it. It's, it's a really fun show. It's super weekend, the fifth and sixth. Another, uh, this is a big show, kind of a, a little closer to Drew. Yeah, Houston show, the TriStar show, which is at the NRG uh, Stadium. It is February 4th and 6th, and they have everybody. I mean, they have football stars, they have basketball stars, they have baseball stars. It's very heavy in terms of Houston Astros that will be signing Bagwell, Berkman, Biggio, Alvarez, Tucker, uh, also Freddie Jenkins and Molitor and Ivan Rodriguez will be there and Juan Gonzalez and all sorts of football guys. And it's just a, a big show. TriStar is putting it on. They do it every year. Um, I, I'm not sure. I think it's a 36th show that they've had. It's, they, they've been doing it for a while. It's a really big show. Have you been to the Houston show at all, Drew? I have not. I, I was hoping to go a couple of years ago and wasn't able to do so. And I'd love to try to do this year's one, but I mean, right now, all of my money and time are getting put into the uh, big trip over the summer. So I'm going to have to miss it this time, but eventually I am going to get down to one of those. Yeah, I, I can't make it this year, but I think I might try it next year. Maybe you and I can can do a show for, from the Houston show because I think it'd be a good show to attend. Definitely. And then one other show at the end of the month, and we'll, we'll talk about the uh, some of these shows when we get closer as well. But, uh, Batavia uh, Sports Expo which is at the Batavia Downs uh, Gaming and Hotel Casino. It is um, in upstate, upper state, upstate New York. So if you're in the kind of the Buffalo, Rochester, that that kind of area, it's up up that area. Uh, it is February 26th and 27th. It's very uh, heavy with bills. Obviously, Lee Evans and Doug Flutie are going to be there. Gustavage, Michael Vick, Heinz Ward, all sorts of guys. It's a it's a pretty big show for upstate New York in the middle of winter. Um, I'm sure it's going to be a great show. So I would check that out. It's a couple new releases we want to talk about. This one is the big one for me. I uh, this is kind of like always always a, ho a holiday for me when I was a kid. And I love the, I love when the uh, top the new tops release the base release comes out. This is the tops 2022. Series one release. There's going to be 330 cards in the new set. Otani is going to be card number one. It is going to be released on February 16th. And the big thing about this, this release is that it's going to be Wander Franco's rookie card. So I know there's been Bowman cards out with Wander Franco, but this is going to be actually his, his first one that has the rookie card seal on it. Right. And uh, Wander Franco is going to be a superstar. What did he sign? Like a 15 year 200 million dollar contract or something uh i i know we saw we saw him play a little at the end of the year and he is going to be the next uh you know big thing the the a-rod without the steroids we hope yeah. and uh the these cards are going to fly off the shelves guys so when you see him pick them up pick up a, a blaster box uh, pick up a hanger box you know you, you know open them up rip them up but i would save a few of them 
because uh, this is this has potential investment potential as well. Um, don't you love when Tops releases their 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 first card of the year? Oh yeah, that's always big. And uh, with some of the stuff that Tops has done recently, I'd also have to wonder: Are they going to do like any kind of variations on his rookie card? Are they going to have some, you know, like a short print in a different jersey or a shoot or a super short print in some uh, different pose or something like that? Because they've done that a couple times here in the last decade or so with some of the big rookies. I mean, you know, there's like Bryce Harper, for example, I know of at least two versions of his rookie card and a couple other guys have been out there as well. So there could be more than just the one regular Wander Frank Franco rookie. You could might, you could possibly see, you know, a couple different kinds in there. So definitely worth the pickup. Yeah. I wouldn't put it past tops. They're very good at that. Right. Of issuing all these kind of oddball ones as well. But um, when we get closer, I'm, I'm out. It's February 16th is earliest, which is a couple of weeks. I'm sure I'm going to buy if a hobby box and I'll probably buy, buy some blaster boxes. I love getting the blaster boxes if, if I can find them. And uh, baseball still isn't as hard to find on the shelves as uh, basketball and football. But um, guys, I think this one's going to kind of fly off the shelves. I think there's going to be a huge demand for this, even with the potential uh, lockout and, and delay of the season. So watch it. Top series one, uh, 2022 cards coming out February 16th. One other thing that got released the other day is the 2020-2021 Panini Flux Basketball Factory Set. Uh, it is available only on uh, Fanatics. So you can buy them online, Fanatics. There's 250 cards in the set, 250 base and 50 rookies. The set goes for $149.99, and there's a limit for per household. So I know the Flux Basketball cards, I've seen the hobby boxes that you can get online, specifically at Target. Um, and they're, they're kind of neat looking cards, but, um, you know, fanatics rears it, it, it's ugly head. And, and I, I say that with all, <laughs> all due respect, right. They are, um, you know, Panini is selling these exclusively through Phoenix, uh, through, through, uh, fanatics. And, uh, there it's a nice looking set with, uh, 50 rookie cards for 150, 150 bucks. I actually bought, bought the, uh, 2000. 2021 uh, Donruss football set on Walmart for I, I forget how much was. I think it was I think it was fifty dollars for the set, which I thought was a good deal because it had a, you know you get all the rookie cards and you get all the cards so I'm going to keep it on open and uh, it's it's kind of cool I, I used to buy the sets but not lately I've been collecting Drew Drew and I are collecting the high number heritage the, the two of us collecting the high number heritage set while everyone else laughed at us. And, you know, those factory sets like that can be definitely worth buying and stashing away. And I wish I had done that because back in 1998, I bought the 98 uh, Tops football factory set one uh, right at around Thanksgiving or Christmas or something like that. But that's the set that, you know, has both Peyton Manning and uh, Randy Moss's rookie cards in it. And I have both of those still. I've got a few of the other cards in the set signed over time and everything. I broke the set down like immediately upon buying it. But I mean... Those are two huge rookie cards right there. It's like, I kind of wish I'd kept it sealed up, but that was 25 years ago. I was a kid, hindsight 2020, you know how it works. But, uh, you know, it's worth grabbing one and stashing it, I think. So, yeah, definitely uh, definitely look into doing that with really any set that has any uh, any potential for a decent rookie in it. Yeah, my, my son was born in 1996, so I bought um, for about, I don't know, six or seven years, I bought him a set and just stashed it away um, until I found out he hates cards which was kind of <laughs> killed me and yep. he had started and then listen to this one Drew, right so my son hated baseball cards hated football cards blah blah 
So I but I bought him baseball because I love baseball. I, I was hoping he'd love baseball. So anyway, so we get him into Pokemon cards. Like he loved Pokemon cards, and he had a a, a big one of those big uh, Rubbermaid tubs full of Pokemon cards, and he he gave them away to his cousin. Yep. And I don't know, you know, we I never thought Pokemon cards would be worth anything. And these were all like you know the series one and the Charizard and all, I don't know what happened. His cousin did with them, but. You know, they, they were playing with them. He was playing Pokemon cards. So, oh, yeah. uh, the, you know, just because just because you don't think it's worth something, it might be worth something down the road. Yeah. So it's hard to collect. So that's why we say, what do we always say, Drew? Collect what you love, right? Because you, exactly. you can't collect everything. Well, a couple things uh, in the world of autographs uh, that I just want to make you guys aware of, and, and Drew and I want to make you aware of. Uh, There's a Rod, Rod Carew's having private signing. Uh, through the, the Waukesha Sports Cards. It's waukeshasportscards.com. Uh, it's 60 bucks for a card and $80 for a ball. The signing is like in, uh, February 15th, I believe, but you have to have everything into uh, Waukesha by the 7th, so February 7th. Um, Rod Carew on a, on a, a card, you know, he's he's had some health problems lately, and, uh, you know, he is one of the greatest hitters of all time, an all-star and I think sixty dollars for for somebody of his out is a pretty good deal, don't you think, Drew? It definitely is. I mean, yeah, it's a three thousand hit club guy right there, and he's been around for quite a while. It's, I mean, one of the greatest hitters of all time, right there. So, yeah, definitely worth it. I wish I could get in on it. The problem is, I have like five different cards I need of his for sets. So it's like, oh god, where do I even begin at this point? So I know I am too. I think I might send in my seventy-two though, and I need a seven. I still need seventy-eight for the. Um, my 78 set. And I think he's on a leader card as well. So I don't know. That's what happened when I met Pete Rose. I was like, okay, what do you want? What am I going to sign? I have, I have like five cards. I want him to sign. Uh, you only, you can only sign one. So that's yep. what, that was what it was. Uh, a couple guys that are signing TTM from TTM news. Uh, Cole Hamels, the pitcher for the Phillies, great pitcher for the Phillies is signing TTM. Now. I think we mentioned this last week, but I'll, I'll say it again. Orlando Cepeda signing for TTM $20, which is a great deal. Uh, Don Ossie, who pitched for the Boston Red Sox, and he also uh, started his career with the Red Sox. He pitched for the um, California Angels as well as the Baltimore Orioles. He's featured on a, a number of cards through the, the 80s and 90s. Uh, he's not signing anymore. I, you know, He was always a gracious TTM signer. He said he's gonna, I think he's going to sign once a year and, and we'll make an announcement when he does sign, but uh, he's not signing for a while. So uh, don't send to Don Ossie. And then uh, Howard Johnson, Hojo, who played on the 1986 Mets, who's a member of Tigers as well. He's moved. He uh, signs for $10 a card, but we'll give out his address and I'll put it on the website. Um, it's, it's Howard Johnson, Hojo, uh, 8653 Falcon Green Drive, West Palm Beach, Florida, 33412. Once again, this is a new address for Howard Johnson. It's 8653 Falcon Green Drive, West Palm Beach, Florida, 33412. And uh, I'll put that on the website just to let people know. Uh, So he is moved, but he he is still signing for $10. Um, Drew, I think that kind of wraps up this dozen. Uh, That was a a long segment. We have a lot of stuff to talk about. We've got a great trail for you guys coming up. Well, that wraps up Baker's Dozen. Next up is Making the Grade. Making the Grade is brought to you by Diamond Service Grading. Fast, accurate, transparent. Diamond Service Grading takes the mystery out of grading. They proudly have the best encapsulation in the industry with an amazing inner sleeve that not only protects your collectible investment, but looks great as well. Easy to submit, quick turnaround. DSG Grading is ready to grade your cards today. 
Visit dsggrading.com to learn more. Making the grade is a summary of what's been going on in the grading community. We don't have a, a lot to report, but we do have Max Beagle from CSG coming on uh, late in the show. We had a great interview with him. But just want to remind people, uh, our friends at DSG, which is Diamond Service Grading, diamondservicegrading.com, has a $5 coupon uh, for all our TTMcast listeners. You have to use the code. 4-H-M-U-G-T-Z-G. Once again, it's 4-H-M-U-G-T-Z-G. And that gives you $5 off their standard submission rate, which is $30. They have a cool QR code. You just scan the QR code on the label, and that gives you a detail of the every, all the grade, why your card received that grade. And they have these cool era labels. They have, I don't know, six or seven different labels you can choose from. So check it out. It's Diamond Service Grading, dsggrading.com. Make sure you use the $5 coupon for H-M-U-G-T-Z-G. Don't worry, guys. You don't have to write it down. It's right on our website if you want it. Once again, Diamond Service Grading, dsggrading.com. Give them a try. Next up, we're going to announce our contest winners. bunch of uh, TKM t-shirts to give away still. I do not have any more mediums. The mediums are gone, which I was very surprised. Uh, well, we got a lot of small guys, smaller smaller guys out there and some uh, kids that we had to get t-shirts out to. But I do have plenty of large and extra large and some double X for, for, for guys like Drew and myself. <laughs> well, we'll work through maybe we're, we're extra large, but we'll work, we're working our way to, to, to double X. But I, I have some TKM cast t-shirts to give away. So if you want to win a TTM cast t-shirt, all I need is your name, your mailing address, and your size. How do you enter, Drew? That would be email us at ttmcast at yahoo.com. Just send me an email. Set, say t-shirt contest in your size, your name, and your mailing address. And uh, we'll pick a winner or two for next week. So if you want to win a TTM cast t-shirt, they're really cool gray athletic uh, t-shirts. It says cut cards on the front with the TTM cast logo. Uh, wear it proud. It's a collector's item because there's not a ton of them out there. You'll be, you, your friends will be like, great shirt. Where'd you get that? And like the only way you can get it is, is listen to the podcast and register to win. So send it, send off your entry today. Next up is TTM cast stamp of approval. I bet you're wondering who earned this week's TTM cast stamp of approval. Stamp of approval is uh, just that. We uh, we put our TTM cast stamp of approval on stuff. Drew and I love all sorts of stuff. We love collecting. We love movies. We love TV. We love food. We love uh, any, a lot of stuff. So we we put our stamp of approval on uh, things that we really like. Drew, why don't you take it this week? Because you have a really good one. All right. Yeah, this one, um, I don't know whether the stamp of approval goes to the plater or to the team for doing this, but uh, Boston Bruins just had their ceremony this past week, retiring the number of Willie O'Ree. And I'm sure people know Willie O'Ree is the first black player in uh, National Hockey League history, made his debut. I think it was in, I want to say 1957, 58, somewhere in the late 50s there as a member of the Boston Bruins. And uh, he only lasted a couple of years in the NHL, but he had a long and legendary career in the Western Hockey League, which was one of the top minor leagues there for a long time after that. But um, <clears throat> there's a website that I used to go on called dropyourgloves.com. The website no longer exists, has been gone for about three, four years or so now, but what Drop Your Gloves was dedicated to was hockey fights mostly. But uh, O'Ree not really known as like a major fighter at all, as far as I know, but 
uh, one of the great things they had on the site was you could have your love lists and your hate lists. So anybody, any player, any team, any game that you absolutely loved or absolutely hated, you could put them on a list there and write a short blurb about it. Well, there's a member on Drop Your Gloves, this guy named Pockmarks, P-O-C-K-M-A-R-X was his screen name on there. And he had the best love and hate list that I have ever seen on that site. And I'm so glad that I kind of foresaw the possibility the site might not be around one day. And so I copied down all of his uh, love and hate lists and had them stashed away. But Willie O'Ree was one that was on his love list. And I've got to read the passage that he wrote on uh, Willie O'Ree here because it just explains that so much about just O'Ree and not just the fact that he broke the NHL's color barrier, but just what kind of a player he was. So he said, Willie O'Ree was blind in one eye and played very well in the high minors up until the time he was past 40 years old. Guys like O'Ree have a far more interesting story to tell than the usual Bobby Orr or Maurice Richard type tales of elite talent setting the record books on fire. Most of us are not Wayne Gretzky in our day-to-day lives. We are Willie O'Ree. We are the guys who have been given just enough talent and ability, struggle against all kinds of odds, and still make a decent showing for a decent stretch of time. I assume most of the readers of this site are white, so none of us has ever been called the N-word, but I would bet that each of us have had times where we felt like every one of us has felt like, has felt like we have when we have been dissed or overwhelmed by unfair and harsh events beyond our control. Willie O'Ree kept lacing him up. That's all we can ever do. And that just, I mean, that to me tells the story of Willie O'Ree. Not only did he break the color barrier, but he was, he, I mean, he played forever at a high, but not the highest level. And that's, there's a lot to be said for a guy who has a career like that. Yeah, no, Willie is um, a TTMer, right? He signs TTM. Yes. I believe he's $10. I believe so, yes. TTMer, Hall of Famer. Um, yeah, he's finally getting a lot more recognition. I mean, this is a guy who went his entire career without getting a card made until, you know, 40 years after his retirement, as or 40 years after he made his NHL debut. Finally, it was 1997 when uh, Pinnacle's Beehive set put him in and uh, Collector's Choice by Upper Deck had a special, I think, redemption card for him. And that's what I have signed as his... Uh, Upper deck rookie card, basically. Very cool. Well, thank you, Drew. My uh, TTF cast stamp approval is a, a TV show. Um, I, you know, being stuck here in New England, it was, the weather's horrible, and it was like three degrees again today. I think I've been out of the house like twice in the last two weeks because it's so cold. Well, I've been watching a lot of TV, and the one one uh, series that I've been following, I, I started uh, last year with series one, and now it's uh, running on series two. It's called Euphoria. It is on HBO. It is shown every Sunday night, and they repeat it constantly. Uh, It's a really uh, fun show. It's graphic. It's not for the kids. There's language and drugs and nudity, and uh, it's uh, well done. It's shot fantastically. The uh, dialogue is fantastic. The acting is great. Sandeha, uh, who is in Spider-Man, is the star of the show, and she kind of narrates the show throughout and it's really entertaining it's an hour it is on hbo if you have hbo uh what is it? hbo max and you can go back and watch the the first season i recommend you doing that it is they're on season two right now you can really pick up um you know without missing too much of a beat right now i think we're we got season uh two episode three this week i believe it is a a really entertaining show. So my TTM cast stamp approval goes to Euphoria, not for the kids, not for the faint of heart, <laughs> but it is a good show. And that wraps up TTM uh, cast stamp approval. Next up is our burn rat minute.
So our Vern Rap Minute is dedicated to Mr. Vern Rap, who passed away prior to me sending out a TTM request to him. And we do this as a, a service to our fellow TTMers so that you don't send out a TTM request to someone who passed away. And we kind of run down a list of people who have passed away in the world of celebrity and, and, and sports. And this week, we've lost a bunch of people. Uh, two people in the last day or two, right, uh, Drew? We lost Katie uh, and Louie uh, Anderson. Louie uh, had cancer. Um, he, of course, he was. He had the his, uh, the cartoon show Louie. He's a, a, a comedian all over the place, right? In the in the eighties and nineties, and uh, very very famous. He was um, sixty eight years old. This one kind of very personal for both Drew and myself. We lost we lost Meatloaf. Drew, you want to want to talk a little about Meatloaf because I know he was uh, you were a big fan of his. Yeah, actually, my dad was a huge fan of his back in the seventies and. He really kind of, uh, you could trace kind of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame back to the release of Bad Out of Hell 1, because that was released by a record label, Cleveland International Records, that was literally run out of a guy's house in Willoughby Hills, Ohio. And it goes on to be like one of the five best-selling albums of all time. It's just crazy that uh, they were able to do that with that. But uh, one of my earliest musical memories is driving across Michigan's Upper Peninsula to go visit my grandparents in our, like an 87 Dodge Caravan. And having that coming out of the speakers as my dad's driving along. And that's, uh, so yeah, I mean, I was really, I knew Meatloaf a lot early on just because of that. Uh, Bad Art of Hell 2 came out just as my own kind of modern musical awareness was just starting to take shape when I was in like fourth grade or thereabouts. And so that was, I mean, a huge album too and a huge comeback. Um, of course, I mean, he was known for being in Fight Club. His name was Robert Paulson. Get that chant going on everybody there. But uh, he was in Fight Club. Um, he was, of course, in Rocky Horror Picture Show and, uh, so, yeah, the music, I mostly am into a lot of punk rock music and everything. And when I was in high school, all the punk and goth and theater kids, it seemed, would always end up at the Cedar Lee on the first Saturday of the month for the showing of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Got the whole stage show going on. They got full audience participation. And, of course, Meatloaf played the role of Eddie in uh, Rocky Horror. And I've always said, you know, if I, if, they ever, if I ever was involved inexplicably in a stage show of Rocky Horror, I probably would play Eddie because, I mean, I'm way in north of two bills right now. It doesn't matter if I eat my lunch today or not. I'm going to be fighting heavyweight either way. But yeah, I can totally, I can pull off the part of Eddie until it gets to the singing part. Then it's like, I can't hit those uh, high notes that Meatloaf can somehow, could somehow do. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's a guy that's just an absolute legend in music and kind of an underrated legend, honestly, because I mean, it's weird to say that about a guy who has one of the five greatest selling albums of all time, but he was kind of, you know, a, viewed originally as a one-hit wonder and then kind of had this resurgence there in the 90s when Bad Out of Hell 2 came out and was pretty well-respected as a singer all the way up until his death here recently. So uh, big loss for the music world right there. Yeah, a couple of Meatloaf things. Meatloaf was obviously a huge baseball fan, Paradise by the Dashboard Light, which is one of the greatest songs of all time. And he had uh, Phil Rizzuto record uh, for the, the, the album. And... Uh, Rizzuto recorded it and he didn't know what he was recording. He just recorded the play-by-play -play thing and he didn't know he, were, he was recording basically a, a sex play-by-play, -play, which was very funny after the fact. And uh, Meatloaf was also a huge fantasy baseball player. Loved baseball, loved fantasy baseball, was one of the first celebrities that really got involved in fantasy baseball early on and was a huge fantasy baseball player. So, uh, you know, I was a fan of his music, and I also was a fan of him as a fantasy baseball player as well. So, uh, you know, we're sorry for, for his loss. Uh, Meatloaf actually had COVID. I think he died from the yes. complications from COVID. So it's, it's a terrible loss. 
to go along with the uh, Rizzuto play-by-play thing you're mentioning there, apparently there's a Boston edit of the song out there where they redid for Boston radio. They redid this uh, Phil Rizzuto's part with the Red Sox broadcast and said, I've never heard it. I've just recently found out that it exists. I don't know anything about it, but apparently it's out there somewhere. Yeah, I haven't heard that either. We'll have to, we'll have to uh, track that down. And if we can find it and get the rights, we'll, we'll play it on the show because I think that'd be kind of cool, you know, just to play that little snippet. Yeah. Uh, a couple other people that passed away this week, we actually had a few people. Um, Bob Golby, who was a, uh, a great golfer back in the 50s and 60s. He was actually the 1958 Rookie of the Year for the PGA. He uh, hold, held 11 PGA titles, including the 1968 Masters when Bob was 92 years old. Um, uh, Lucia Harris. Lucia Harris. You might, you might not recognize this woman's name. You really should, because I didn't really know much about her until I started learning about her. Lucia was the only woman ever drafted by the NBA, which is uh, kind of cool in itself. She was drafted by the New Orleans Jazz. She didn't try out uh, a go to camp because she was pregnant. She was pregnant at the time and didn't, and didn't, didn't go to try, try out, but she was um, the first, she scored the first point in women's basketball Olympics in 1976. Women's basketball didn't become an Olympic sport until 1976. And Lucia scored the first point. She was a silver medalist and she's a basketball hall of famer. So what a, a, a stunning career for this woman. She was only 66 years old. And, uh, you know, the, there's uh, a lot of people out there that are trailblazers that are not necessarily in the, the, the you know, the, the men's sports that, that uh, you know, paved the way like Willie O did. You know, these guys, these people are, you know, she I'm sure she had the same, you know, she's an African-American woman. I'm sure she had the, the same trials and tribulations growing up and back women's basketball wasn't that big in the 70s. You know, it was just you, you, you know, it's a bunch of girls playing, play, you know, playing uh a, a game that elementary school kids played and, you know, she helped bring it to the next level. So um, sometimes when, when people pass like this and you, you go and learn more about them, it's like, geez, I would have loved to sit down and, and talk to this woman. And then we lost Joby Hall. Joby Hall, of course, was a tacky bed basketball head coach. He uh, coached the 1978 championship team. Joe was 73 years old. In the world of baseball, we lost uh, Gail Wade, was a outfielder for the Chicago Cubs from 1955 to 1956. He was 93 years old. In the world of football, we lost Junior Savali. Junior was a defensive tackle. He played uh, college ball at Oregon. He played for the Kansas City Chiefs, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Seattle Seahawks from 2004 to 2010, and he was only 42 years old. And then, Drew, why don't you talk about our, our, the, the person we lost in hockey? Clark Gillies. I mean, he was an absolute legend of the New York Islanders. I think played for them almost from their founding all the way up into the uh, early 80s. Finished his career with a, a couple of years with the Buffalo Sabres. But there's a guy who's in the uh, Hockey Hall of Fame a couple of years ago, got in with uh, got in there. And he was one of the most feared fighters of 1970s as well. What's crazy is if you look at his stat lines, he never had a season of over 100 penalty minutes at all. But he was probably the best fighter of the late seventies. I mean, when he beat Dave, the hammer Schultz around maybe 75, 76, somewhere in there, that really ended Schultz's reign as the heavyweight champ of the NHL. And it, if I were to make a list of the top 10 fighters of all time, he easily, easily gets in the top 10, maybe even into the top five. Um, this is a guy that, you know, had some big goals for the Islanders as well. He was just a one dimensional total thug out there or anything like that. 
part of their four Stanley Cup winning teams there. Um, just an absolute one of the great leaders of the uh, of the Islanders in those years. And so, uh, yeah, he just uh, recently recently died last night, age 67. Not sure on the cause of it or anything, but yeah, he's that's a big one. He's uh, like you said, he's a solid TTMer as well. I believe ten dollars per is what he was charging there, but I've gotten him a couple times over the years. Yeah, I think I got him for nothing. Maybe last yeah. year. I don't. I, I didn't realize he charged. Yeah, it varied I, a bit. He uh, he had some times where he would sign free. He had some times where he would charge. He had some times where he just wouldn't sign at all. But he was he was at least successful for sure. Well, that wraps up our Vern Rap Minute. We are, our condolences go out to your friends and family, and we are sorry for your loss. Next up. We review our TTM non-returns. This week's TTM returns are brought to you by Sports Card Forum. Find players' addresses, see who's signing, and more, all for free. SportsCardForum.com, the ultimate in sports card trading and discussion. Guys, I say non-returns because both Drew and I got shut out this week. So um, I am very bad. My my printer broke a couple weeks ago, and I haven't gotten a new printer yet. So I, I have all this backup TTM and I, I got to get the stuff out and I'm hoping to do it next week or two. Uh, no excuse, but um, you know, I've got a bunch, a few out there still that I thought would come be coming back. I know Drew, you're kind of in the same boat, right? Right. Yeah. I got a return to sender from a minor league ball player, Xavier Warren. Um, so I'll need to find a new address on him, but you can see right here, Jeff, on the screen, I've got this whole stack of envelopes that are addressed cards and stuff pulled just need to uh, sit down and actually write them and stamp them, which is always the tough part. But uh, actually going with a bunch of non-sports ones here as well on this uh, batch of requests. So we'll see what I get out of those and everything. But um, along with that, I did at least get a few uh, trades and purchases in as well. So uh, I had a friend in Finland who was able to get me a couple of hockey needs over the years with uh, Dustin Boyd and Enver Leeson for my uh, Upper Deck Rookie Class sets. So now out of the four-year run of Rookie Class, I'm down to only need 10 of those to finish those completely off. Um, I got two Diamond Kings that I bought in the sale from the Trove Sports Den. So I got a Dwight Gooden and a Jim Rice out of there to add to my sets. And, you know, I mentioned Dallas uh, Card Show. I was able to pick up a Boog Powell for my 72 set. And I almost didn't get that one because there's a chance, there's a good chance I'm going to be seeing him on my road trip over the summer. But you never know. It's like if I see this one there, it's 20 bucks. It has JSA certification on it. And I've got other stuff I can have Powell sign too if I see him. So it's like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and get this, knock it out for the set just to make sure I've got it all done. So I did at least get some stuff, even if it wasn't uh, necessarily TTM. Cool. Well, well, we'll we'll get on it, guys. We promise. We're, we're, we still love TTM. It's just life gets in the way sometimes and it's it, it's fun. So I'm sure you guys have accounted the same thing. I know that guys are still signing. We see it all the time posting. So keep uh, sending out your, your requests and TTM requests. Uh, next up, we're going to have uh, our interview. This week's interview is brought to you by the Trove Sports Den. Come and hang out and chat with baseball pros from past and present online. Visit thetrovesportsden.com and join in the fun today. Well, I had the pleasure of interviewing Max Spiegel. Max is president of CSG, uh, which is Certified Sports Guarantee. Uh, of course, they are a sponsor of the show. And we talk, Max talks about the grading community, what's happening in 2022 with CSG. We also talk about uh, fanatics and what's going on with uh, tops and that, that whole, how that's going to affect the hobby. So please enjoy my interview with Max. But first, here's a message from our friends at CSG. See how your cards stack up in the CSG registry, the premier online arena for sports card collecting. It's a free platform where you can show off your CSG-certified sports cards and compete against other collectors. 
More than 1,000 unique users have put together over 600 set types so far. Are you ready to play? Visit csgcards.com to start adding your CSG certified cards now. Joining the show is Max Spiegel. Max is president of Certified Sports Guarantee. That's CSG. They are uh, the company, the country's leading, one of the country's leading grading, card grading companies. They're located in Sarasota, Florida. And Max and uh, his company have been grading cards for uh, a year now. So welcome to the program, Max. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Uh, I'm thrilled to have you, Max. You know, as I said in the intro, you guys have been grading companies, grading cards for a year now. Um, just reflecting on the past year, um, you know, what have you learned most about get, break, grading cards? Because I'm sure you came into the the job and the position um, with some preconceived notions, and, and those, you know, that isn't always the, the, the case, right? Yeah, for sure. Well, just a little bit about me and our and our company. So. Certified Collectibles Group, we've been around since 1987. So we just started grading sports cards in February of 2021. But we've been grading coins, paper money, stamps, comic books um, for, for decades. Uh, trading cards, which we, we would say would be the Pokemon and Magic cards. We started to grade those in 2020, and then we expanded into sports cards in early 2021. So, you know, we went in knowing how to build a grading service. We knew the elements that we needed, experts. We started with two great experts, Andy Broom, Weston Reeves. We now have about two dozen sports card experts along with another two dozen non-sports card experts. Um, we knew what we needed as far as holders, you know, population reports, websites, online submission forms. I think what we found and quite frankly underestimated was just how quickly that sports card market was growing. And I think, you know, we did a really good job of keeping up with turnaround times for the first few months. And it just really went straight line up exponentially in terms of the growth. And unfortunately, we did get hit with a backlog, as I'm sure that, that most of your listeners know, um, by about May of last year. And so since then, we've been laser focused on hiring, adding space, investing in equipment, ordering more inventory. To, to chip away at that backlog. And we're making a lot of progress, but I would say that's the number one thing that I've learned is no matter how prepared you are, uh, you can never over-prepare. And right now we have the philosophy of just having extra staff, extra inventory, extra space, extra everything, so that if and when there's another surge, we will be prepared this time. And I think um, no matter how prepared we thought we were, we just were not prepared for what the sports car, card market uh, needed in terms of grading. Did, did that surprise you the most, the size of the market or the uh, what transpired with some of your competitors and basically you know, closing the doors in, in March and in April? Uh, what, what was surprising the most, the, the growth I, of the market or, or, or uh, what happened with some of your competitors? Yeah, I think it's a mix of both. We knew the sports card market was huge. I mean, that's why we got into the space. We knew that the competition had backlogs. Um, I think we didn't realize how much was happening and how much was growing, you know, online, especially with social media at the particular time that we launched, you know, in early 2021 and just how that was, you know, it, it was getting bigger literally by the week. Um, on top of that, when our two main competitors, actually three competitors, uh, shut down their submissions, and we didn't, we never would have expected to ever have to shut down submissions. I mean, it's you know we didn't we didn't go into the business to shut down that business, 
that was a huge shock. It helped us to get a lot of business, but it also caused us to have really extended turnaround times. And we just, we were not prepared for that. Um, and we could not hire and train people and order parts quickly enough to keep up with that, that enormous growth in a, a span literally of two weeks. Was there new technology that came into the grading, uh, you know, gr the grading cards uh, in the last year? Or is it basically the same process that, that it has been since when you guys started? It's a similar process. I would say that the biggest change that's, that's increased the efficiency of our operation is that with our new ownership at Blackstone, you know, they said, you guys have to invest whatever money you're making in improving this business. And so one of the first things that we did was go out and engage these operational efficiency consultants that they recommended. And we're spending millions of dollars on these people who are totally retooling the process to make sure it's efficient. So it's the same number of people, but we're not moving stuff all around the building, putting it in one box, moving it to another box. Things that you may think are basic. Um, look, on a scale, when you're doing hundreds of thousands of cards, every little piece of efficiency, not having to move a card from one room to the next room, basically having everybody all in uh, a single production area. Those have made a lot of improvements and have helped us to chip away on that backlog. Um, so those are really the big things. The other thing would be hiring. So in the last um, six or so months, we've hired hundreds of people. It's at least 225 people who have been added. Um, again, with the endorsement of our new ownership, we did $2,500 hiring bonuses. Uh, we started to increase pay because we want to make sure we're retaining the people. We don't want to lose anybody and also attract top talent. And those are the kinds of things that they unfortunately don't happen overnight. But I think we're putting the building box in place to ensure that we're in a much better position going forward. And I've seen the progress being made. And I know that in, a, in the next probably four months, if not sooner, we'll be totally caught up on our backlog. How about, um, you know, the holders and the labels and, and kind of the hardware, so to speak, of the business? Has that improved since you started or have you made any changes to that? We haven't made any changes to the holder and label yet. Uh, we are looking into a possible label redesign, um, basically taking some of the feedback that we've received from our customers and the industry in general and constantly making improvements. I think with anything that we do in any one of our verticals, we're always looking to make improvements. So that's something that's on our horizon. As far as our holder, you know, we get great feedback on the holder. Um, one of the things that we want to do once we're more caught up on our backlog is create holders in additional sizes, you know, thicker holders, uh, uh, taller holders to accommodate some of the different card sizes that are out there. Um, one of the challenges uh, has been supply chain issues and getting our holders. However, I think, um, you know, is another unexpected thing that we learned from. However, I think those are in the past. And fortunately, now, once we're caught up on the backlog, it gives us the opportunity to start adding uh, more services and, and more holder sizes. We're speaking with Max Spiegel. Max is president of Certified Sports Guarantee. That's CSG. They're one of the country's leading grading companies. They're out of Sarasota, Florida. Max, uh, one of the things that, that really makes you stick out against your competition, honestly, is uh, how you make it so easy for a, con a collector to submit cards. Uh, can you kind of give a, a, you know, what a new collector, I want to get my cards graded. How would I go about submitting cards to CSG? Yeah, that, that's great to hear. 
Um, and that was actually something that we did improve over the course of the year. We have a brand new online submission form that makes it very, very quick to input your cards and send them off to CSG. So all you have to do is go to our website, csgcards.com. You would join as a member. Our memberships are only $25 a year. And we actually have one membership that's $149, but we'll actually give you $150 in grading credit. So it more than pays for itself. Um, from there, you'll go straight to our online submission form. We have a huge database of millions of cards. So as you start typing the cards that you own, it'll start pre-filling it based on what you started to enter, kind of like doing a Google search. You enter which cards you have, you select the service you want, grading, whether you want subgrades, whether you want imaging, and then you print it out and you send it away to us. I think there's still room for improvement to that process, but right now it's super efficient and we've been getting a lot of great feedback on our brand new online submission form. What are the different service levels that you offer? So we offer anywhere from bulk grading, which is for somebody who has a larger quantity of cards, they wanna pay less, but it will be a longer turnaround time on up to our walkthrough grading tier, which is our fastest turnaround time, but also our most expensive uh, service. And what about packaging the cards? How do you recommend people packaging the cards once they've filled out the submission form? Yeah, so people should put the card first into a penny sleeve, which is this thin, you know, I'm sure most of your listeners know what it is. They put it in this thin plastic holder and then inside they should put that inside of a semi-rigid card holder. We actually sell those on our website if people want to buy them. They're also available from a lot of different card retailers or on Amazon or on eBay, um, whatever's most convenient for people. But that'll keep them nice and protected uh, when they send them to us. And then what happens? Do, do um, you email the user that you've received the card and it gets into the system and you give them a, a tracking number that they can follow their card through the system? Yeah, for sure. So every submission and then every card within a submission gets a unique identification number. And that's how we know exactly where somebody's cards are through our grading process. We put all that information on our website through our submission tracking uh, portal. And we also send people email when it's uh, received. We they can also opt in for emails when it's graded um, and then when it's shipped. Um, so they can track the progress throughout the entire process. One thing that we do is that when we receive the cards, we separate them from the paperwork. So we barcode them, we track them, but we don't keep them with the paperwork. And that's because we don't want the graders to know who submitted the card. Every single card is treated totally impartially and without any sort of preconceived bias. Um, whether it's a, somebody who submitted one card or a million cards, we don't know. The graders treat them all exactly the same. Now, you mentioned backlog, and that's kind of a the evil word in grading nowadays, right? Because you guys are getting in, inundated with so many cards, uh, and you said you're catching up with the backlogs. What What is kind of the turnaround time for, for just, the, you know, the basic level of grading? I got five cards I want to get graded. Uh, I send them in today. It's January 12th, and you, know, and you guys receive them. When, do you, when would I expect to get them back? Yeah, so for our, our cheaper services, it's probably five months right now. Our goal is by the time May comes around, not only have we cleared out all of the older submissions, but we don't want to have a turnaround time that's longer than two months. In a perfect world, I'd like to have a turnaround time maximum of one month. I don't know that that's totally realistic in this market, but I think two months is a very realistic target for our cheapest service. That's where we want to be come the middle of the year. For our fastest service, you currently can get those back in one to two weeks. Um, but like I said, you do have to pay a premium for those really fast services. Yeah, I don't remember where I read it, but yeah, I know at one point you guys had you know thousands and thousands of cards in the backlog, but you really made a dent in those uh, recently, correct? Oh, yeah, huge dent. I mean, we we had 
a backlog that was hundreds and hundreds of thousands of cards. It's still hundreds of thousands of cards, but between hiring, like I mentioned, we have about two dozen expert graders, building out the support staff, training people, bringing in these efficiency consultants, buying another building. We actually now are, are operating out of four buildings in Sarasota for our different verticals. So we have one that's totally devoted to cards, about 20,000 square feet, totally devoted to just card grading. Um, with all of those efforts, we're able to get through cards much, much faster um, without rushing the process, but just having more people working on them. Now, I know you're not on the grading floor and you're not seeing individual cards through, come through, but I'm sure you get some type of reports. Are you guys grading more vintage cards or more current cards? And is kind of that the, 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 thought, the mix you thought you were going to get when you guys started grading cards? Yeah, so we definitely get more modern cards or current cards than vintage cards. We are seeing a lot of really interesting vintage cards, and we're seeing a lot of interesting cards from sort of your non-traditional um, sports. Some of the guys were telling me that we get tons and tons of tennis cards, which I find to be very interesting. <laughs> you know, look, baseball, basketball, football, hockey, those have always been big, but tennis, soccer, we're really starting to see growth. Boxing cards, we're seeing a lot of those. Um, and a lot of those are vintage cards, but definitely the majority is modern, which I think fits with where the market is today. And you guys have graded a bunch of iconic cards. I know you graded the LeBron James rookie card recently. I saw the uh, Tom Brady rookie card you guys did, Michael Jordan card. Uh, I don't, did you do a 52 mantle yet? Have you guys done a 52 mantle yet? I wish I could tell you. So unfortunately, I'm not a sports card expert. When you have <laughs> I Andy, know. I'm yeah. sorry when to you, put you on the spot. No worries. When you have Andy Broom on there, I'm sure he can tell you all the great stuff that we've been grading. Well, you mentioned the uh, the new building. You know, when I was down there in, in last February and got a tour, and it was really fabulous. And I love seeing the all the mach the machines that you guys had to find uh, fake cards and trimmed cards and all that stuff. And I hadn't seen the new building that you opened for uh, card grading. Can you tell us a little about that building? And then you had mentioned you got uh, some other new buildings that you're you're uh, going to have for 2022. Yeah, for sure. So the building that you saw back. Less than a year ago was our headquarters um, that we opened up in 2006, about 60,000 square feet. It had all of our different companies in this one building. So then we bought another building, about 20,000 square feet. It's a little bit bigger than that. Um, and we moved our trading and sports card over to that building. And what's awesome about that building is that literally every single person in that building is dedicated to cards. There's no support staff or anything. It's literally card graders encapsulators, shippers, it's that business. Um, and then we have another building that does only comic books. And then we finally, our fourth building is our administrative IT, uh, human resources, accounting. Um, it's still not enough space, quite frankly. So we have about 106,000 square feet total here in Sarasota. Uh, we are about to start building a 120,000 square foot building right next door to our original headquarters. So that'll just add even more space. We're just so confident in the growth of not just the sports card market, but the collectibles markets in general, that we are, as I mentioned to you, investing a lot of money, all of our money back into this market to make sure that we're ready for the next phase of growth. Well, you know what, when I was, was down there, uh, in, in the card grading room, and I had never been in a card grading room, and I'm sure most of our listeners haven't been in a card grading room, and it was like, I don't know, maybe 15 or 20 people at that point, you guys were just starting to ramp up, and it was just like, 
uh, a kid in a candy store for me because it, all it was was cards, people talking about cards, looking at cards, examining cards, getting opinions on cards. And it was it was just like this huge adrenaline, adrenaline rush, if, if you know what I mean. It was like going to Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory for, for me for cards. I, I was so impressed. So I can't even fathom what uh, this the new building looks like and it must be it must be really neat for you uh to be there from the beginning and seeing it grow oh for sure you know i think one of the exciting things about our company is that our collectibles experts are so passionate about their 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 subject matter you know when they're not in the office they're going to card shows um or they're looking at cards on ebay or they're looking at card forums i mean i can't tell you how much market feedback I get from our own people because they saw a post about something or, or they said, Hey, you should take a look at this or, Hey, there's a show up in Palmetto, which is a town nearby. You should go check out that show. Um, it's really great working with people who really love what they're doing. And so you can feel that, um, that energy and that excitement from people and to see it build from literally us hiring Andy Broom and Weston Reeves as our first two graders to now seeing them lead a team of 25 people it's amazing. You know, in all the collectible you know, companies that we've started, I've never seen one grow that quickly. And I think it's a testament to the market. And I think um, it's a testament, honestly, to Andy Broom and Weston Reeves being great educators and willing to share their knowledge with, with other sports card collectors. What was neat is I know you guys have been to a bunch of shows. I saw you guys at uh, the show in in, uh, in, in down in uh, Bradenton. You guys were at a show down there. I saw you guys down there. You were a show in Wilmington, Mass. You were at the show at the National. Um, it, it must. What has been the the feedback from from you know collectors because you guys are new to the market and people are a little hesitant. You know they have to they have to build the trust that you guys you know have built. Uh, what has been the the feedback from the collectors when when you guys see the your, the collect meet the collectors at these shows? Yeah, so I think what a lot of people don't realize is that CSG, which you know is a a relatively new company, less than a year old grading sports cards. What a lot of them don't realize is the affiliation that it's part of the Certified Collectibles Group. And it's affiliated with CGC, the world's largest comic book grading service, NGC, the world's largest coin grading service, PMG, the world's largest paper money grading service. We're all under the same company. And when you're at one of these shows and somebody said, you know, you know, who are you guys? Can you tell me about yourself? And you say, oh, well, you know, we're, we're part of Certified Collectibles Group and we also do comics. Then they know CGC. Or if we say we know do coins, then they know NGC. And that's just something that takes time. And by attending more shows, we'll get the word out about who we are and our affiliation. But people should know that we are not just a brand new company. We've done this before. We've been very successful in every one of our verticals. We become the largest in each area that we enter. And look, sports cards is new for us, but grading collectibles is not. Um, so I think that's just important for people to understand. And it's something that with our marketing, we're really trying to get the word out. The other thing that we see it shows is that people really want to see our holder. And I would say that is something I would strongly encourage people. If they are at a show and they know that CSG is there, they should stop by our booth and ask to see a sample of our holder. I think when they hold that in their hand, they will really like our holder. It really feels like a, it feels like a brand new iPhone. We're in kind of a, uh, a new era of collecting, right? With what's been happening with Fanatics and Tops. Probably the biggest change in collecting since Tops decided to put gum in their cards. Uh, you know, we, we've we been doing, Tops has been doing the same thing for, for 60, 70 years, right? And now Fanatics has come in and, and kind of, 
uh, tried to stir the stir, stir the pot. Certainly, um, what do you see for for 2022? Just as a, a collecting and a hobby in general. Well, Fanatics is definitely a force to be reckoned with. They're a highly successful company, and they are extremely ambitious. And I think clearly in the last six months, they've been making a lot of news uh, in the card space. Um, so I think it'll be really interesting. And I think everybody in the hobby is watching to see what they do. Originally, we were thinking, what will they do in 2024? Now we're thinking, what will they do in 2022 with this top acquisition? I think that's going to be a good thing for the market. I think that Fanatics has always done a really, really good job. I've spoken to people there and um, they all seem very, very smart. And I think they know what products will benefit the market and will help the market continue to grow. So we're very excited to see what happens. Unfortunately, I don't have any sort of inside knowledge into what they're going to do, but I'm uh, just like everybody else. I'm an excited spectator. And I think the market, you know, as uh, we normalize after the initial craziness of the pandemic, I think we're going to get into this rhythm of growth. I think Fanatics clearly will help us. I think that as people start to go back to games, as people start to go back to shows, um, you know, trade shows, I think all of those things will help to accelerate the market. Um, and I really see, and all of us here at CCG really see that for the next at least three to five years, it's just going to be an incredible period of growth for all of collectibles, including sports cards. Do you think Fanatics is going to try to enter the grading uh, realm? Well, they've definitely commented on that. Um, they've said that they're interested in grading cards. Um, I don't know how they would, uh, how they'll enter that. I don't know if they will enter that directly, if they'll partner with somebody, um, if they'll grade only their items or if they'll grade all items. So I think a lot of stuff remains to be seen there. Um, if I had to guess, I think they will definitely have grading as a component of their business. I think grading is just a critical component of the sports card market, and they will figure out how it best serves their business for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of new money coming into the hobby, right? Uh, Amazon is, has invested. Uh, there's all sorts of, you know, collectibles.com yeah. and um, all the there's athletes that, you know, Tom Brady has his, his NFT company, and there's all sorts of money coming into the hobby. So I, I think on a whole, I think that that can't be anything but good, right? Well, I think there's a lot of smart money. It's much smarter than me going into this hobby. And I think that means that people see people outside of collecting, which I think is really interesting. Like you have finance companies, like you said, you have Amazon, you have athletes. They're all very interested in collectibles, into sports cards. And I think that that means that we will be getting a lot of new people participating, which I think will help to support growth. And, you know, that's why I feel super confident that um, the next few years for sure, and probably longer, will be a great period of growth, of continued growth for, for the market. We're speaking with Max Spiegel. Mac, Max is president of Certified Sports Guarantee. That's CSG. They are a grading company out of Sarasota, Florida. I should say they're a leading grading company out of Sarasota, Florida. Um, they have been grading company cards for about a year, but they you know, graded comic books and coins and all sorts of other collectibles way before that. They uh, bring a lot of expertise into the market. And uh, they, as I said, they, they're celebrating their one year anniversary. They offer a cool service. They offer a monthly newsletter. It's a free monthly newsletter. So if you want to go on their site, which is csgcards.com, just sign up for their monthly newsletter. And it's, it's packed with a lot of information. 
check that out. It, uh, their website is csgcards.com. You can learn how to submit your cards and learn all about the company. Uh, Max, what else do you have planned for, um, you know, the collector that uh, for new things for 2022 that will, uh, you know, improve the service and offer a better quality end product? I think the biggest thing that that's on the immediate horizon is the CSG population report. Uh, just this morning, in fact, I was reviewing it on one of our test sites, and it is very, very close. We're still doing some uh, perfecting of the layout. We want to make it as easy to use as possible. But within a matter of weeks, uh, we will be releasing our CSG population report. And I think that that's something that people have waited a very long time for. Um, and I think it'll help to let them see the scale of how much we've already done. I mean, we've already done and shipped uh, hundreds of thousands of CSG certified sports cards. And all of those will be listed in the CSG population report. So that's definitely one of the most exciting. And then you'd mentioned um, improved labels or redesign of the label as well. Yeah, we're working on um, a focus group for that. Uh, I don't have a timeline for that. We want to make sure that we do it right. Um, I think there's improvements that could be made to our existing label without a whole total redesign. But I also want to look at you know, the art of the possible, like what could this label look like if we use the latest technology, the latest paper, like what, you know, the latest design. Um, so I would have to predict that sometime this year, probably earlier this year, uh, there will be a brand new CSG label. And I understand you're looking at bringing in um, bigger holders for, you know, the tall boy basketball cards and um, off size cards, not the standard um card design is that that in the works as well yeah that's exactly right we're we're working on additional holder sizes we don't want to introduce these holder sizes when we still have that backlog so once we work through that backlog we'll start releasing new services and new products but i think as most of our customers would appreciate we want to focus on the business that we have at hand getting that done doing the best possible job with that before we start layering on a bunch of other stuff and and getting even more submissions so we, um, we're very excited about what we can do. And I think there's a lot of growth potential for CSG because we're really only offering these core card grading services for some of the major uh, sports in the United States. Um, but once we're caught up, we have a whole lot of expertise that's just eager to, um, to do a whole lot more. Can you guys grade like programs and ticket stubs and that kind of stuff based on the comic book holders? Is that something you're, you're shying away from right now? Uh, it's not something that we're doing right now. I think it's there, you know, clearly there's demand for it. It's just a, a matter of when do we add that service to our, our offering? And, and just for, forgive me, if, um, how about authenticating autographs? Is that something you, you're exploring or is that something you're considering? Yeah, it's something that we're looking into. It's important for that, especially that you have the right expertise. So we don't currently have the sort of post-manufacture autograph authentication expertise. We've been focused on hiring expertise for card grading, um, not autograph authentication. But at a certain point, we will start looking for those experts. Again, it's just a matter of let's get caught up with what we have to do today. And once we're caught up, then we could start looking at uh, what else we can offer to people. Okay, yeah, I just, I'm just so excited about all this stuff. So I want you guys yeah, to get too. involved with all the, yeah, all we this want, cool we stuff. Yeah, we want to do everything, but you know, going back to what we've learned, 
we've learned we can't do everything all at once. So we're going to go very methodically and make sure that we expand in a measured way so that we're not in this situation where it's taking months to get things back. I mean, I'm a collector of coins. I know how difficult it is for people to be parted with their collectibles for months, um, you know, and, and, and not getting any movement on them. So we are so sympathetic to that and we will make sure we solve that problem before we start doing things like autograph grading or ticket grading. That's just, that's, just a fundamental for us. And we don't ever want to be in this situation because again, all of our graders are passionate collectors too. So they are just very, very aware of how important turnaround times are. And I, I can't stress that enough. Like that is our number one and number two and number three priority right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand. Particularly with Max Spiegel. Max is president of Certified Sports Guarantee. That's CSG. They're uh, one of the country's leading grading companies out of Sarasota, Florida. Max, why don't you give uh, my listeners uh, your, you know, CSGs, um, where they can find CSG on social media? Yeah. So you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. It's at CGC or CSG Cards, excuse me. Um, and you can find us on our website, CSGCards.com. And I know you guys are at a bunch of shows all the time uh, into February and March. Are you in, you got any shows coming up? Yeah, we actually post our show schedule on csgcards.com slash events. I think this year we'll be attending about a dozen shows and we're planning some really, really exciting giveaways uh, at those shows. Um, so I think people should definitely stop by our booth. Like I said, check out our holder, ask to participate in some of our giveaways. I think it's going to be really exciting. We're really um, we're really focused on marketing and, and, and getting the word out about our company. And I know you guys are always looking for graders, right? So, so we, have, we have a listener that's interested in being a grader and moving to sunny Florida. It's about, I don't know, three degrees today here in Boston. And I should, I should be moving down to Florida and not being sitting in this cold. So if you're in, I know you're always looking for, for graders, right? Yeah, for sure. And I'm looking at my, uh, my, uh, temperature thermometer and not to rub it in it's 76 degrees and sunny right now uh, it's the best time to be in florida no state income tax we've got the beach about 20 minutes away we're always looking for graders and we're actually looking for people who aren't graders if you have a passion for collectibles or a passion for cards uh definitely apply i think we have to fill about 60 positions right now right now we're paying fifteen hundred dollars to anybody who joins us as a full-time employee um we offer very generous compensation, comprehensive benefits, a year-end discretionary bonus. And if you look at our people, if you talk to our people, you'll see nobody quits once they join. Uh, they love working here. Um, we really have no turnover because I think our, you know, one of our top goals, and this really is to, to support our turnaround times, we don't want to lose people. So we will make sure we retain people by offering a great place to work. Well, Max, I want to, again, congratulate you guys on uh, reaching the one-year anniversary. That, that's very exciting. I want to thank you for your time today. Uh, you know, we, I love to hear what's going on at CSG. You know, uh, you know I'm one of your biggest fans. I, I, I love the company. You guys, are an, you guys are an awesome company. You guys are, you know, the people are great. The, your services offers is great. Uh, you know, I appreciate you supporting the, the podcast and the radio show as well. So, uh, you know, in full, full disclosure, Max and his company have been uh, sponsors of the podcast and now the radio show. And I appreciate your support. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to mention today before I let you go? No, I really appreciate you having me on the show. It's great connecting with you again. Um, I think we've seen a lot, both of us, over the last year. I'm super excited to see 
uh, what happens over this next year. I think there's going to be a lot of good developments. And I think um, for any of your listeners, visit our website, check out our holder, talk to some of our representatives at a show. I think you will be very happy with the product that you get. And I look forward to providing you with the fastest possible turnaround times as soon as we're caught up in the backlog in just a couple more months. Thank you, Max. Once again, it's Max Beagle. He is president of Certified Sports Guarantee, CSG. They're out of Sarasota, Florida. Uh, the website is csgcards.com. Sign up for their monthly newsletter. That's a free uh, e-newsletter that comes in your, your mailbox every month. It's, it's got chock full of uh, information about card, cards and grading and what's going on with CSG. If you're interested in uh, becoming a CSG grader or are real passionate about cards, reach out to Max and his team at CSG and, you know, fill out an application. I really recommend it. They're a, a fantastic company. Max, again, once again, thank you. Thank you. All right. And that wraps up another edition of TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast where we talk TTM cards, autograph collecting, and a whole lot more. My name is Jeff Baker and Drew, I need some oxygen. Oxygen, my friend. We just keep talking and talking and talking. Of course, I'm talking to Drew Pelto, my co-host for life, the the official co-host for life of the show. Uh, Drew, we we had a big week, huh? We did. I mean, that's two weeks in a row now. We've had some uh, big news and uh, long shows here, so that's a good sign, though. I mean, it's keeping us going at least. So that's uh, I always like that. Yep. Just want to remind everyone a couple uh, housekeeping points of reference. If you want to enter to win a TTM Cast T-shirt. All you have to do is send me your name, your mailing address, and your size. And how, what do you where do they have to send that, Drew? That would be ttmcast at yahoo.com. That's right. And then also listen to our, uh, our radio show on the SportsMap Radio Network. It is called the Sports Collectors Club. You can check out our website, sportscollectorsclub.com, or you can just download the SportsMap app on your, into, onto your iPhone or um your your android and you can listen to the show right on the your phone or you can go to sportsmapradio.com and find the local state your local station it is every sunday from 7 a.m to 8 a.m please listen to our show there's different content than we have on our podcast and we have uh, our interview as well so if you want to want some more uh content about collecting listen to our show again it's called the sports collectors club and you go to Sports Collectors Club to learn more about that. Um, Drew, we promised we're going to send out TTM requests. We were ready. Promised. Hand, hand to the sky, right hand to the sky, left hand on the Bible, or is it the other way around? Uh, right hand up, left hand on the Bible. There you go. That's what I thought. I will send out my TTM requests. <laughs> I will send out my TTM requests. <laughs> I've got, Drew, a, block, just, got this, a block of 30 of them here that i got to write out, and it's like, like I said, I mean, that's the toughest part sometimes, just, you know, working up the effort to actually put pen to paper or whatever the choice is, whether you're a typer or whether you're a writer, getting all stamps licked and everything. It's like, all right, I can, all right, fine. I better get on this now. So yeah, I'm, I'm at least going to knock out 10 of them today if I can. So. All right. That, that is my, my goal as well. Um, Drew, anything else before I let you go? It's been a nice long show. Yeah. I think we got everything pretty well covered in there. All right, I want to thank Max Spiegel for joining us again. Max is president of CSG. Uh, they're a great sponsor, a great friend of the show, and it was great to hear from Max. Um, I think that is it. I want to wish everyone many happy returns. We'll see you guys next week.